So yeah, altogether, you know, I, you know, we can't reiterate enough that the fact that we do miss you guys and, you know, part of what makes actually really what primarily makes Crossfire so exciting is you guys um, and just the opportunities to see you and to build relationships with you guys over time. And um, technology is wonderful. We, we thank God for it, but it's not a comparison or a, a fair substitute for actually in-person fellowship that God calls us to according to his word and to not neglect the meeting of these, you know, times of fellowship. But, you know, these times really do call for it. Um, and it just, I think it just reinforces the fact and I'm sure you guys maybe are starting to realize this or hopefully maybe just my encouragement is that ultimately Christ church is not made, um, you know, as a building with hands, right? It's made up of people and that, and that's why these times of fellowships are so special. It's not because it's like, oh man, I really miss the church house or I really miss Governor Mifflin Middle School. It's like, it's not the building that makes it special. It's God's people assembled together in one accord, right? And so that's what we, you know, deep down inside, um, meet, um, we, we miss meeting together. And so, um, so either way, you know, if, if, if big means have to be extended, you know, towards into April and even May, who, who knows, um, you know, we can, we can always, uh, find good fellowship with one another, regardless of where we are. Um, so let's, uh, we're actually going to dive into first Peter today. So if you ch- saw my email, we're actually going to continue, but it's not, it's going to be kind of an abbreviated, it's not going to be like kind of a full length sermon, but, um, if you have your Bibles or if you want to open to a tab somewhere, um, First Peter 3.15. So if you can open your Bibles there, we'll read that together and then I'll pray and then we can, uh, yeah, we can continue. Kate's ready. Yeah, man. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Great. Let me just make this a little. All right. So let me, uh, yeah, let me read uh, God's word. First uh, Peter three fifteen. This is what it says. It says, "But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect." All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this time. Um, thank you for the modern conveniences that you've given us over the course of many years. Even, even when I was, you know, um, the teens age, you know, when I was a teenager, we wouldn't have the same level of, um, you know, technology. And so we're so grateful for the fact that we can do this in this day and age and utilize it ultimately for your glory. God, I pray that uh, the teens would be encouraged by this time. They would be encouraged to know that you are uh, a good God who cares for his children, for his church, and that you ultimately will be glorified through the situation and through our time. Um, and that would be spurred, uh, spurred on and empowered by your Holy Spirit to use this as an opportunity to be unashamed about the gospel, uh, which has the power to save people, including us. Uh, thank you so much, and we pray the same of Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, you all know that I am, I'm a teacher, and I've had the last number of weeks off. And, you know, it's funny because if you're a homeschooler, it really made no difference for you. Uh, it's just the same. It's the same routine, um, just with different outside circumstances. Um, 
But I know for me, when I was in middle school and when I was in high school, I found myself, to be honest, very caught up with a very small world view. And by worldview, I don't mean in terms of what I believe about the world, but in terms of like my scope and understanding of what's happening in the world in general, right? And I mean, when I was in high school, I had to read the newspaper for a journalism class. You know, I watched the 10 o'clock news with my parents every once in a while. That was kind of how we came together at the end of the night. Um, But I still was very narrowly focused, right? My primary focus was uh, sports. It was um, was, uh, my academics. It was girls. Uh, It was not focused on current events that are affecting the world. Quite frankly, I kind of just chalked it up to my parents to tell me what I needed to hear. And if it was that important, like they let me know, right? Um, And so, you know, you might be in one of those positions. Uh, It's, this is a different type of event that's unprecedented even in my own life. And so it might be different for you than it was even for me as a teen, you know, seeing different events take place. Uh, but nonetheless, I will say that over the course of time, my world and understanding of what is happening in the world has increased dramatically. And obviously, you know, people are saying this is going to go down as one of the most historical events in the world. And, um, you know, with that being said, I just want to reinforce the fact that this is not surprising to God, right? Um, it might be hard p- to believe, but there was, there were many years before we were born. And that sometimes we don't think about that. Sometimes we think about our life and we're, again, we're so narrowly focused and we're thinking to ourselves, huh, you know, the world has existed and humanity has existed for many years before I was alive and born here. And even though God had a plan before I was born for me, there was just the world existing even before God created the world. And, and, and he has been through and has seen, if you will, um, war. He has seen famine. He has seen disease. He, he, I mean, he has seen the whole slew of a fallen humanity. And so sometimes when you watch the news, you can be like, oh my goodness, this is something that's never happened ever before. And it's the worst thing ever in the, in humanity's history. But it's like, people probably said that back then, but they didn't have social media to post it on, right? You know, they just dealt with it some way. And so with that being said, we have to remember that God is working all things together for the good of those who love him, right? That hasn't changed, even though the world has changed in in the types of war and disease and just tragedy that has existed in the world. Like God hasn't changed. Like his mission is still the same when it comes to him being glorified through every circumstance that has existed in humanity's history. And so um, ultimately, when he does things for our good, he's doing that for his glory. And so um, I think this is really just related, you know, really connecting to our series in First Peter. Um, just this idea of being that we're not home. Um, now, I have a question for you guys. Has anybody been, if you could just show like just a raise of hand, has actually been on the internet searching for what's happening on maybe a regular basis, like when it comes to what's happening with coronavirus. You can be very honest. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. You know, like in the, in the, it's, it's okay. Um, I just, I, part of the reason why I want to share that at the very beginning is just encourage you that the headlines are so large when it comes to what's happening. 
and you know people have <laughs> debates and shows about everything that's occurring and God is is not pulling out his hair wondering oh my goodness how did this happen um he saw it coming um from beginning to end and he knows how ultimately things will be from the beginning to the end and so um that that was my first encouragement you know if you remember anything it would be that although i wanted to encourage you some other things through first peter um so Anyway, um, in regards to First Peter, if you have been coming to Crossfire, big means if you haven't, that's fine. The context of First Peter is the fact that we're dealing with Christians who are being persecuted within uh, a culture that does not want Christianity. Um, the, the Romans were very um, belligerent. They were very aggressive against the Christians at the time and therefore were super opposed to the work of Christ. Um, now, when we read First Peter, it says that we ought to make a defense. It says that we ought to be prepared, and this is speaking to these Christians at the time, to make a defense to anyone who asks for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And so this defense is because of the fact that these Christians were facing trial, right, um, of a different type, okay? So we have to understand that in context, it's not the same trial that we're currently going through. However, I think the principle still remains the same. Um, in that right now, both believers and non-believers alike are really struggling. And you don't have to answer this, but, you know, you don't, this is a rhetorical question, but like, have you or someone you know expressed some level of fear? Um, or, and it doesn't mean that they're, you know, verbally sharing it, but just kind of, it, you know, in, in, in your mind even, uh, where you feel like, huh, I wonder what's going to happen. Like, could this be the end of the world? Like, is this where, is this where it all ends? Is this is where Jesus comes back? I don't know. Um, but if you have honestly felt that, that's a natural response, right? To uncertainty. Um, and some of it is because, you know, ultimately this coronavirus and all that's taking place has often been driven by it, fear and and that's part of what makes headlines often so engaging is because of the fact that it can play on your emotions and when people feel emotional they're more willing to listen and be like well what what are you going to do to help me like how how can I get away from this thing that's going to harm me and so um we have a very unique time in our lives and then within uh the life of the church to tell people about the hope that we have, right? And so I just want to read from you. If, you, if you're if you in First Peter, just turn to chapter 1. This is actually a memory verse that I was hoping we can continue to memorize. And if you have, that's wonderful. I know I've been uh, trying to recite it every so often, First Peter, starting at verse 3 and then to 5. And so, yes, the bookmark. Um, thanks, Kate, for showing that. Yeah, so First Peter 3... Uh, and then up until five, this is the hope that Peter is talking about, right? It's no different than the beginning of what he was talking about through this letter. So this is what it says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So I will tell you this, teens. This is not this, the, the headline you're going to find on Fox or CNN News. You're not going to find this. This says that there's security. This says that there's hope. This says that something's unfading, uh, imperishable, undefiled, uh, kept in heaven, right? 
every one of the headlines is saying, no, we are going to be defiled by this disease. We are going to be, you know, this, this virus is going to take on X percent number of people and we're all going to be infected and yada, yada. And it's just, it's so grim at times where you can just listen to people talk and they're like, man, like, is this really it? And we just see something very different here in First Peter. Um, so two things I just wanted to encourage you with, okay? So if you're taking notes or just mentally uh, kind of, and this is this is all I'm going to really talk about uh, for the remainder of our time. And I knew, do know, I see we have about a minute or so uh, until we get knocked out. So I'm just going to kind of explain the two uh, points and then we can log back in quick. So the first is that God um, calls us to remember that we are hope receivers, okay? Hope receivers. Um, and then the second is that we ought to be hope sharers. So we're hope receivers, as we read in First Peter 3, 5, for those who are in Christ, we've been born again to a living hope. We have been, we, we can receive that hope by faith in Jesus Christ. It's a free gift through salvation, first and foremost, that gives us the hope. And then secondly, that we ought to be hope sharers. And that ultimately we don't just take this hope and hoard it, but that we then deliver it. We deliver the message of hope. Um, so those are the two points. I'm going to actually kick y'all off and I want you guys to go back into your email and log back on. All right. That way I'm not just like cut off midstream. Okay. Sound good? Anybody? Any questions? No. Okay. Joshua. Yes. Oh, oh, great. I did not get that prompt. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to continue. (laughs) That's great. Um, I think, I don't know if they're maybe doing that because in light of everything that's happening, but praise the Lord. (laughs) Um, thank you so much, uh, CB. So, um, let's just start with the first one, hope receivers. Um, I think it's really important teens. And this, this is just, this is just part of what makes the gospel great is that God has given us promises so that we can practically go out and, and, and be used of him. Um, it's so often that we can get caught with the practicals of the gospel, meaning do this, do this, the imperatives, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this, right? But that's not what the gospel's primarily. The gospel's primarily about what's been done, right? What has Christ done so that we can then do? And so, um, hope has come through the person of Jesus Christ, as we just read about in First Peter. And many people are often worried about buying, by being infected by this disease of their bodies, right? Um, like Mr. Mr. Uh, Reyes' um, sister actually, you know, unfortunately d- d- did contract the coronavirus. And because she's working within hospitals, that's what happened. And so I'm not saying in any way that we shouldn't take that seriously. That's not what I'm saying at all. I think that God would have us take care of the body he's given us and to take it seriously and not be negligent and just say, ah, well, who cares about that anyway? It doesn't matter if I get sick. I'm My hope is in Christ. That's not the point. Because God does call us to steward the things that he's given us, including the body, which is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so at the same time, um, that's not our greatest adversary, right? Um because of the fall, we not only have the viruses that exist in our world, but 
because of the fall, we also have what we call a virus of the soul, which is sin. And so it infects everywhere we touch. It doesn't matter. I mean, you want to talk about a virus that can spread, right? It has spread already since the beginning of time and since the fall of humanity. And so we must remember that God ultimately has dealt with our greatest adversaries, which are sin, Satan, and death, first and foremost, right? Um so we can acknowledge the bodily harm that can come about through a virus like this, but we are hope receivers because we've been given the greatest gift and greatest solution to our greatest problem, okay? Um, and practically, you know, ultimately God will empower us by his Holy Spirit to bring this truth to mind when we need it. Um, when we're dealing with this tough time, um, he will empower us to ultimately then share. And so now, you might be wondering, you know, Mr. Sarita, what can I continue to do over this break, right? We're not meeting for Sunday services. We're not meeting for Crossfire. I can't see my friends. I normally would be encouraged that way. There's some practical ways that you can continue to remember that you're a hope receiver. Um, and the first is your Bible, right? There's no substitute, teens, for reading your Bible. This this is how we, we often talk about the summer, which is to redeem the time. This is a great opportunity to redeem the time, Right? To not become slothful and say, ah, well, it just means I have more time to myself. Um, no, but to really dive into God's word. Um, I've been recently on crossway.org and they offer a slew of, uh, free ebooks. And I'm actually going to send you a link, guys, um, because I, I found this, um, I found this link and it, what it does is it requires you to fill out a survey, um, and all you do is fill out the survey with your information. You could use if, you know, with permission of your parents, I think you can just, um, you can go onto that, um, link. Um, many of the books are tailored, I would say maybe towards young adult, could be adult. So you kind of maybe want to figure out what ultimately you would better understand. Uh, but God's word, his truth is accessible to all people, no matter, you know, what your age, right? Um, and so even though we, I would encourage you to read your Bibles, not maybe the, the, the level of writing maybe that someone is describing might not be where you're at or feel like you're like, I, I don't know how to read that. I don't understand what that person's saying. Um, you can always go back to God's word at least and, you know, connect to the cross references that are in there. So that's a resource at your disposal if you want to use it. Um, music, another thing that, that you can fill your mind with truth and remember, um, Sovereign Grace just put out a playlist on Spotify. Uh, they actually said singing through a pandemic, like songs through the pandemic. It's actually on the Facebook page for Christ Community Church. If you want to check that out, you can look at those songs on YouTube too. Um, podcasts, devotionals, different things uh, that are at our disposal now with the technology, guys. It's it's such a wonderful time to to uh, take advantage of. All right, teens, um, you know that you you guys can really dive even more and not wait, not wait till the end of your school year, right? You, several of you are graduating. Uh, this could be a paramount time in propelling you forward into graduation, even though it's not going to come maybe with the bells and whistles, like the typical graduations that maybe we've experienced and having a ceremony and, and that might look a little different, but what a great testimony it is to show that you realize your hope isn't in graduation, your hope isn't in the diploma. Your hope isn't in credits and finishing that way or moving on to the next grade and like, oh, am I, how am I ever going to do this? It's um, At the end of the day, it's in Christ. Um, your hope primarily is in Christ. And if people can see that, and this kind of moving into the next point related to hope sharing, I think it's just a testimony, right? I mean, imagine you just talking about your school year and saying, yeah, yeah. 
it was it was okay. I mean, granted, many of you are homeschooled, and so that wouldn't have affected you either way. But when people ask you, like, hey, so how did you guys think about it as you guys were at home and you know going through school? You know, you can testify that. Well, my hope isn't in like how the world was operating. I'm my hope is in Christ. My hope is in Jesus. That's that's stable, uh, regardless of everything else that's happening in my world. Whether you can participate in your extracurriculars, all that. Um, so that is the the first piece. The second is hope shares, and I think this is something that God does call us as we remember the hope that we've received in Christ. Um, so first things first, kind of goes back to what I was talking about in regards to feeling like your world is very small, right? You might be just thinking to yourself, I'm really hungry right now and I can't wait for Mr. Street to get off the call so I can finish eating my dinner, right? Like you might, that's, that might be your scope right now that you're dealing with. Or man, I just, I want to read that good book that Mr. Street is talking about. Or I just want to kind of have some alone time after this. Or I want to text one of my friends. That might be kind of the, the focus you're in right now rather than like, oh, I should think about doing something other than what's kind of on my mind or for me. Um, you know, you might think, you know, how could I possibly make an impact? Uh, I'm, I'm stuck in my house for, for the majority of the day. Um, and, and what could I possibly offer people, right? And many times, and, and you can see this within our culture, right? People are not concerned as much about loving their neighbor as they might have thought they were before this took place, right? Many people now are in a position where if they see the last package of toilet paper on a shelf, they're not going to wait to love their neighbor and say, hmm, I wonder if they might need it, right? Part of what we're seeing nowadays, and this is something we don't want to fall into, teens, is is that that inherent nature of selfishness that can come with being human, which says, now I need to look after number one. I need to look after myself. And I think this is a, even more so even for you teens, because m- most times people are, generally speaking, right? You guys are getting older over time, but generally pe- people are taking care of you. And so you're used to kind of having your needs be met. And so now that things are happening that might take away some of those conveniences, you're like, man, I, I really need my needs to be met. Like, mom, dad, like, we can't be having canned food anymore. Or like, I'm sick and tired of TV dinners and all this stuff that's like repetitive. Like, I want to have Chick-fil-A whenever I want and not go through the drive-thru because it's 20 cars deep. Um, that's, you know, I mean, it's, it's really silly. But at the end of the day, we need to recognize that worrying about ourselves and our needs is not what God calls us to in his gospel. And that, again, is not saying we're unwise and just walking out and having conversations up close with people when when God is calling us to also obey the authorities that are above us. But what he is saying is that, in the end, the gospel is for not is not for us to hoard like toilet paper, right? It's, it's not for us to hoard and just keep to ourselves and say, well, this is good for me. I'm God, I'm saved, but... I mean, who cares? I mean, they don't want it anyway, right? They don't want the gospel anyway. They want, they probably are more concerned about coronavirus than they are about Jesus. And you might be right. Um, but we are made to unashamedly share the power of God that's within the gospel um, and with others. And and Romans one sixteen reminds us of that. If you're unfamiliar with Romans one sixteen, it's probably it's like a life verse for me personally. Um, but Romans one sixteen, feel free to turn there in your Bibles. I 
have memorized it, and it's one of those verses that just continues to come to mind. Um, but Romans one sixteen says, "For I am unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for all who believe, first the Jew and then the Greek." Um, and so, the gospel has the power. If you're wondering to yourself, like teens, man, what could I possibly do? You know, I'm not. I'm not good with even social media. Maybe, maybe you don't have a social media presence. Maybe you don't even have a phone, right? That doesn't give us an excuse to be unashamed. And being unashamed is not about what uh, ultimately what we're doing, but our heart posture for what we can do, right? Because someone can be unashamed and send out a letter to a friend and, and remind them of the hope that they have in Christ, right? It doesn't have to be this big show of like, oh, well, you know, this person is... You know, Mr. Sarita, you're a deacon and you're a pastor in training. You, you're really good with that stuff. That's not the point. The point is not our um, our position. The point is our posture. Where is our heart at when it comes to things related to Jesus? Is it kind of like I'm just going to hide away and keep things to myself? Or I'm going to be willing, even if I don't get a response, right? Maybe you just send an email to a friend or a letter to a friend or post something. Maybe no one says anything. No one likes it. No one shares it. No one, whatever. That's not the point. The point is, are we obedient to what God's calling us to do with what he's given us. And that is hope. And then we have means of grace, like 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 the internet and these type of things where we can utilize for his glory. Um, and so, uh, practically speaking, kind of just before I close, um, first things first, teens, is, is we got to pray. We have to, we have to pray for the Holy Spirit to open people's hearts to the gospel, to regenerate hearts, to, to make them soft, so that the, the seed of the gospel, when coming from us, would be planted on good soil and that it would yield good fruit, ultimately. Um, the, the Holy Spirit is the one who ultimately uh, changes hearts. And so we are just instruments, right, to be used of God. And therefore, we just have to be willing, okay? But we have to start with our time and prayer before we endeavor to do those things. Um, because in the end, as we pray, and we also pray for the Holy Spirit to embolden us to share, He'll, he'll provide those opportunities. We, we just have to step in, you know, in faith. And, and even if we don't get the desired result, it might not be for us to see. You know, it's okay, you know, uh, if I don't get to see if someone responds to the gospel, as long as I'm faithful. Um, practically speaking, maybe you're thinking, who can I encourage during this time, right? I'm pre- I prayed. I'm asking God to help me. Um, it starts within your house, teens, right? You have people right here that are next to you uh, in different rooms of the house and around you. Um, that you know more than maybe any of us here, okay? Um, it starts with encouraging your siblings, your parents, if you have grandparents that are, that, that are local or are close or even live with you, um, and just encouraging in that regard uh, with your words, um, with, with things that you're learning. Mrs. Sarita and I, we have times in the morning where we just read God's word and we just share what we're thinking, um, what, what, what comes to mind as we're ruminating on God's word. I'm in Revelation right now, and that book is really difficult to read. And and I need to dive in. But at the same time, I want to encourage Mrs. Sarita. So I can't just be like, I don't know what Revelation is saying, but yeah. You know, like I really want to encourage her. And so sometimes I'll do some research or do a little study notes and do it as a way to remind her of the gospel. And you might think, well, Mrs. Sarita, she's your wife. I'm like, she already knows you encourage her. It's like, no, I can never make an assumption that she's encouraged. I need to go out of my way, even for someone who's my best friend, my closest person that I know, um, I need to take that responsibility on myself. 
um, encouraging your friends and others. We have text messaging, we have emails, we have letters, social media. Um, ultimately, in the end teens, we can just we can share what we know. All right. Um, I often hear from teens, but also from other people. I just there's never a right time to share the gospel. Right. It's always awkward. It's clunky. It comes out weird. Um, but the fact is, teens, there's never a right time to share the gospel because it's always the right time to share the gospel, right? If you try to kind of compartmentalize and be like, ah, oh, well, I mean, this person's really going through a tough time. I, I don't, I don't want to be rude when I say that. No, we, we don't have to be rude. Obviously, First Peter 3.15 reminds us that we should share our hope with gentleness and respect. So, But it calls us to still share our hope. And so in the end... Um, we are to be, you know, bold in our sharing of the gospel and, um, you know, just ask for God to provide the right times to do that. And so that's kind of all I wanted to share. I know that was a little bit longer than I intended, but I just really felt led of the Lord to encourage you guys. I'm just, I'm excited to know what God's going to do through this time and, so for like the next big meeting, really this is something I, I'm hoping we can do, maybe even for the beginning, maybe after the game time, is just like sh- maybe we, and kind of maybe a little assignment, right? A little homework. I'm sorry, I'm a teacher. I apologize. Um, <laughs> is to think of at least one person um, that maybe you can encourage during this time. It can be, again, it could be any one of the people I mentioned, family member, friend, and come back with willing to share what you encourage them with. Again, not concerned about the response of their of the encouragement. Just what what did you do? Like well, maybe what was something that you shared with someone? It could be literally one time on one day within the next couple of weeks. Because um, we're I think our next big meeting is sometime in April. We potentially could move that up. Um, you know we have the flexibility now with technology and just being able to be like everyone's meeting at once. So we could potentially I'll keep you posted with. Um, uh, with with date changes or anything like that, but as long as you guys are, are willing and able, we can make that happen. Um, so yes, that's my encouragement to you. That's my assignment to you. I will also share, um, you know, something that I I felt encouraged to share to somebody else, whether it be Mrs. Sharita or, or someone else. Um, and then we'll we'll kind of look to hear from everybody at that time. But um, yeah, so. Uh, before I, I close, I just wanted to uh, open the floor to Mr. Etter if you had anything else that you wanted to add, and then I was just going to close this in prayer. Yeah, no, the only thing I wanted to say was I love that line, you know, it's always the right time to share the gospel. And I like the application you gave, uh, Mr. Sarita, just not forgetting the people that are in our own house, you know, and the difference that it can make, you know, for us to encourage each other. and. It's often hardest, I think, you know, with us in our in the same household to, you know, to encourage each other in Jesus because we see each other all the time. We see our best and our worst. And, mm-hmm. um, but that that's where it really can really be a blessing because, um, you know, because people know us at our best and our worst, when we encourage them in Jesus, it makes the biggest difference um, yeah. in, the, in their lives. So um, I love that point. I'm so glad that you shared it. So thanks for that. Absolutely. Um, great, guys. Well, I'm going to pray for us. And um, this would be the time where then you guys do all your fellowshipping. But I'm going to have to ask you guys to log off and then I'll, I'll log off at the very end. Um, but, yeah, 
let me let me just pray. Okay, cool. God, thank you so much for just this time that we get to spend into your word. Um, we miss each other. Uh, I know Mrs. Sarita and I miss the teens and their families. Um, but God, I know that you are, again, you are working things all for our good. You love us and you care for your church. God, we know that you care for us in the deepest way because of what you've done through Christ. Um, we don't have to wonder if you're here with us. Uh, we know that your Holy Spirit is within us for those who are uh, believers and your presence goes with us, Emmanuel, God with us, and, and, and we have no reason to worry in the end, right? Uh, there are many things that can make us worry in this current life, but God, it's going to feel like um, just in comparison to that eternal weight of glory you talk about in your word, it's going to feel like nothing, you know, right? This, the present sufferings that we go through in this fallen world will be nothing compared to that weight of glory that we get to experience one day. When we go to be with you and you come here and, and you return, God, we look forward to that day. Um, but until then, God, I pray that we would remember that we are hope receivers, that we've been given this hope that cannot perish um, and, and can never be taken away from us, and that we are also called to share it with other people, God. So help us to do that. Give us bold uh, boldness through your Holy Spirit. Empower us, Holy Spirit, to do that. Uh, be obedient to your word and know that even when we do feel intimidated and scared, you will help us, God. And, and there's grace for those times where we feel like we're being disobedient, God. Uh, may we be quick to repent and, and, and ask for your forgiveness when we know we're not following your word, God. And you gratefully give us uh, grace and, and forgiveness uh, according to your word. So we're grateful for that. Thank you for this time and for Zoom. And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.